Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waiting List Podcast. On today's episode, we have two beautiful collectors, Stephanie and Deborah. They started a watch group based in Singapore called TikTok Bells. Sorry, there's just something wrong with the way I'm speaking today. But anyways, this will actually be the first time Dan, me and Jacqueline talk to them. So we're very excited to learn more. And do excuse us if this interview goes all over the place. As usual, usually when we meet people in completely different industries, we just get super excited. So ladies, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Okay, so to start off, um, well, before we started recording, we were talking about what do you guys actually do outside of TikTok Bells? And um, yeah, so let's start off there. Uh, what do you guys do? So, Lung Lung, is it okay if we still ask the team here to have a step in guessing what our professionals and what do we do just based on the Instagram that you... okay. I, I can't I can't answer this because I know through internal sources. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so the other two can guess, but I think it'll be interesting. So Dan, didn't, you go first. Didn't you say one was a teacher? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I listen. I listen. Right. She's not just a teacher, though. Okay, so that's one. I'm looking at the page. Wait, what are we supposed to guess off of? Okay, look at the Instagram. Okay. So go to TikTok Bells and then look at the two of them and like zero judgment. Like, what do you think they do for a living? (laughs) I have some comments from followers who is really surprised at my profession. And um, many probably think that we're in like fashion industries or related marketing agencies Mm -hmm. and all. Oh, I definitely would not say fashion industry because I think um, people who are in fashion, like actually in fashion, they know the cost of a lot of things. So they'll be like, oh, I'm not paying for that. But Don't tell um, me. Don't tell us. Yeah. No, but the one I like what I'm curious about is like, as they're guessing, is that throughout my whole time on Instagram, everyone thinks, oh, you must be um, selling either selling watches or are you a marketing executive? Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys get that? Okay. It's amazing. Men are just like, okay, she's a woman, so marketing. Yeah. yeah. What about okay. Steph? I think most people, when they hear Steph's mm-hmm. profession, they, Steph, I think they normally get a reaction, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't well, have. On this, on this yeah. post, it says uh, educator and watch collector. Oh, oh, it was in the profile. <laughs> okay, well then guess Deb. Deb. Yes. Mm. Deb. I, I I can't work it out. Like, well, uh, she's wearing glasses. Jack, <laughs> like, as I do if wearing Jack glasses is gonna help. Like Jack, <laughs> come on, help 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 Jack. a guy out here. Yeah, I have no idea, man. It's okay, yeah. But if I take a stab, like, yeah. hmm, artist? Artist, oh, okay, I that's cool. That. I would actually love to be that, though. No, I've actually, uh, I work in the IT industry. I've been in the IT industry for more than 20 years. And, um, and uh, uh, yeah, hard- hardcore IT, like business to business. So, <laughs> so okay. is that also why you got into watches? it being like so male dominated or actually no how i started getting into watches is is because of staff so she's like my watch guru (laughs) okay okay well okay so you guys actually go way back because i can see the um, when i see the way you post it wasn't like very recently you got into watches it actually started a long time ago um like stuff i always knew i mean based on the stories i've read like super long um okay so let's go back to that later um how did tiktok bells start how did that come about well, so, 
Yeah, okay. Um, actually, we started TikTok Bells because um, a lot of our girlfriends who are actually bag friends from the fashion and bag uh, community, they started to ask us things about watches. And then we realized that actually um, there's not many clubs out there for female watch collectors to, to join. And, mm. you know, there are a lot of female collectors who really want to know a lot more about watches, but um, there's no avenue for them. So that actually prompted us to start a platform for female watch collectors. Mm-hmm. But- and also, and also mm-hmm. because Steph and I always sort of like post watches pictures on our Instagram more more I think more so of staff for the longest time and over the period of over the period then it's like what Steph said and we started having like the female um, followers that will ping us asking for opinions mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and that's how we started talking the two of us saying like mm-hmm. hey maybe you know, there is sort of like a gap out in the market mm. that can actually set up a more female-centric platform and um, combined both of our watch collections and posts together and maybe make it a little bit more educational. And I think particularly um, having the watches on our wrists to show what kind of watches that female can carry and it's not the stereotype of just like the little watches that is filled with diamonds, but it's just all sort of range and to suit your different lifestyle or to suit the activities that you do, right? I think Steph can probably talk more about how she actually do wear her Rolexes um, Submariner to go mm-hmm. diving. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that sort of like gave a very different perspective um, to our female followers and we do wear our watches and we do test the limit of our watches, right? So, Okay, so when they DM you, are they like, this is my budget and um, I'm looking for a watch? But so I'm really surprised because, I mean, if you look at these bags and the prices, right? Why are they not just walking into the watch stores? Because the, it's, you know, what's funny is when the guys message me sometimes, the budget is 20000 and I actually struggle. Okay, so we're talking about US dollars, right? US 20,000. I actually struggle going, okay, well, if s- some of these people for girls, it could be 60 to 80 already easily. So at 20, I'll think, well, okay, why are girls struggling when the budget's like one, triple the amount? Um, like, do they? Yeah. It's because they don't have the knowledge. So it's just like um, if put it on a reverse, say, my husband um, and me with bags. He will, because he doesn't know about bags, and he will say, no, it's not uh, uh, It's not worth to put your money into bags mm-hmm. just because he knows a lot more about watches. So I think on the reverse, for um, female, it's the same. It's because we know a lot about bags. We know like what, what is in season, what is fashionable and things like that. Um, but they do not know so much about watches. And maybe that is what is holding them back from spending that amount of money. Because um, traditionally, if you see watches for, that are meant for female, they tend to be quartz. They tend to be smaller or full of diamonds. It may not be what uh, a female watch collector would want to buy for themselves. So if there is this stereotype and they have not seen beyond that that there's actually a lot of other watches um, out there that they can choose. Uh, maybe without this knowledge, that is something that's holding them back from making that purchase, even though they have the budget for it. So okay. I, I think that's probably one of the reasons. I don't think like you guys will take credit for this, right? But then since you guys did the Cartier event and so on, I know within your group, like some people have like taken the plunge and bought some. So, yes. but yeah, like whatever you guys are saying actually has such a big impact. You can actually translate it into sales immediately. So 
I can't see why like all the brands aren't like running to you guys because the sales I've gone to so I have friends who do events and zero sales. She did Cartier zero sales. So I'm amazed at like the I don't know what's the correct term in like marketing. Right. But it's just direct from this one event equates to how many sales. I'm shocked by it. Um, So, I mean, yeah, Dan, go ahead. I I got a question which goes back to what you just said about oh, maybe it's because of the education. They don't they don't know enough about the watches. But I want to take that back here. Yeah? Why is it that they aren't educated in the watches? What is the barrier to education? Because the content is out there. The education, mm-hmm. is, you know, it, all you have to do is read it. So mm-hmm. what's what's holding that back? I think I can, I can take a step at that then. Um, I actually equate it to a bit of like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and maybe we need to do rewrite that and have it as like the modern women's hierarchy of needs right and a lot of the times it's it's also a prioritization and also your passion right I think as a start women will probably get drawn to fashion and fashion accessories just as a start as like the basic right and you'll spend a you allocate more of your funds to fashion and to accessories and, and dress yourself up. Um, but I think over time, you will then start to also branch out when you probably, hopefully, have enough of handbags and shoes and so forth. Then what else is there out there that that is interesting that, that we can we can look at? And the other thing that really helps is, is like what Lung Lung has mentioned, is um, when you have the group of um, girlfriends, um, a bit like the enabler that's around you, then you get more exposure that, and, and, and you'll, you'll get to learn more. Actually, it's not just sort of like female. If you actually have also male friends who talk passionately about watches and why you love them and point out all the different um the intricate details and the things to learn then you may start to pick their interests right and and also if you start to introduce that to them it sort of like will spark their interest and they will then go on and do more research and read more for themselves and also the other thing is i think this is what steph has actually make a point um, in one of the other uh, panel that she did, is is that when you have the existence of the community and and also a more female centric communities, the ladies may feel more comfortable that they have someone that they can talk to that may not talk down at them or um, may not be condescending. Mm. Um, sorry to say that. And, and it makes them feel more comfortable and then it will make them want to learn more. And mm. um, so as a result, then it, it sort of sort of like expand your horizon, isn't it? So it's more about who is around you and, and, and that can help to enable you. Mm-mm. Does that okay. answer your question, Dan? Yeah, so it does lead me on to another question, though. So you mentioned that there's always a lot of accessories that are fighting for a lot of ladies' attention, right? Such as yeah. handbags. And then you said maybe hopefully they get a bit maybe bored of handbags and they're looking for something else, right? So I guess like in the priority of things is watches really towards like the end. And I just wanted to know from your both of you, like now with you both being so passionate into watches where does that priority change you know is it you know do you see like handbags oh i actually prefer get, get a watch now or how does it work so steph and i comes from two different spectrum so uh, i'll leave her to talk more but she started with watches whereas mm. i started with fashion and then at some point we converge and meet at fashion and then we go the other way, right? So, hmm. Steph, I'll, I'll hand over to you. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's, um, I've been a watch lover since young. So, as I was growing up, I always put um, my budget, allocate 
maybe 80% of my budget for watches and 20% into like fashion. But when I reached my 30s, it started to change. I don't know for what reason. I started to like fashion more. And um, that's also when I, I met um, Debs uh, because we talk about um, Hermes bags. And for the last 10 years, I've been buying Hermes, Chanel, uh, ready to wear and all that. I'm spending 80% of my budget on all these and only 20% of it on watches. Although, I mean, I like watches from young. But it's just a phase that I was going through. And um, just about the time before COVID hit, um, I started to change again. And I said to Des, I want to go back to watches. And I'm going to stop buying, you know, all these ready-to-wear and all that. I think I have more than enough. And, you know, mm. um, for bags, maybe the MS bags, how many Birkins can you have? The colours will just change, the leather change, and you reach a point, you almost collect them already. And mm. there's no difference in them because they're the same. It's just a, a matter of colour. Mm. And also it, it happened when Carl Lagerfeld passed away and I didn't like the new creative director. Mm. I said, okay, that's it. I'm not going to buy any more Chanel RTW. And that's when I uh, decided to move my funds back all into watches again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right about then, um, COVID hit. So then there's no use for bags and clothes because mm-hmm. we're in pajamas every day. <laughs> yeah, and not being locked down. But um, when I take out my watches to just wind them and take pictures of them and all that, it, it actually brought me a lot of joy. So then mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, I think I just want to continue pursuing this passion. So and can, I, can I ask, yeah. like... <laughs> How is how is your taste changed as you've you know started right you know, initially when you liked watches and then you took that little hiatus in the fashion you know because you started getting interested in fashion and now you're coming back into it has your taste evolved or changed at all throughout that? Um, actually, I didn't kind of like take a hiatus. I just bought lesser. Mm. Yeah, so um, I've always liked. Rolex from beginning and um, also Patek Philippe. But in between, I went into um, phases of like collecting IWC, a lot of them, Panerai, a lot of them. <laughs> and then, but it, I have never left like Rolex or Patek Philippe. Every year, I'll make a point to like collect a piece or two. Yeah, even though so that 20% of my budget goes into these, these mm. two bags of watches. Yeah. Mm. But of course, now that um, I have allocated my budget, like 80% to it, um, the watches that I'm looking at also kind of change. So currently, I would say I like um, independent brand watches um, because not only because of the unique uh, look of those watches, um, they are not so mainstream. And when I wear them out, it, they become talking pieces. So it's not just something that, you know, um, anybody can have. But but having said that, I still like my Rolex and Patek. Yeah, it's just that maybe um, I will look beyond that now and explore something else, something different, something that not everybody will, will look at. Yeah. Can I just say that if I had heard you uh, heard this answer, like maybe 10 years ago, I would just maybe like, oh, yeah, OK, don't understand what you're saying. But I can totally relate because it's gone exactly like this for me. It goes bags, watches, bags, watch like you just ebb and flow into liking different things. And you are like I've even had moments that I think, oh, you're obviously not passionate enough. Like, how can you just switch and want to, you know, buy this now? But I've had so many of these moments that you definitely feel like, well, what else is there to buy? Like, okay, clothes. Okay. And then, and then you're like, okay, fine. Let me go back to watches. So you feel this excitement every few years. It just kind of changes and you feel like you fall in love again with this new thing. And so it makes a lot of sense to me. And I've had a lot of those. Um, I actually want to go back a little and I know, okay, I understand you guys started this community, but 
um, were there bad experiences that you guys experienced with guys or other people around you did that made you guys think, yeah, okay, we have to start this? I wouldn't say I have very negative experiences. It's just that maybe I've always been a plus one for my husband's uh, watch events. I'm always his plus one. It's never <laughs> him being my plus one until TikTok bells. <laughs> now he's my <laughs> plus one. <laughs> so, you know, kind of like roles have changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And also I, I feel that um, maybe, maybe it wasn't intentional, but somehow uh, he tends to get a lot more respect when he attends mm-hmm. the watch events. And mm-hmm. I'm just like accessory to him, you know. So mm-hmm. something very small, like how they address addresses him, they will say like, um, oh, they call him Mr. Wong. But mm-hmm. when it comes to me, it's Stephanie. So I'm like, how come mm-hmm. he's Mr. Wong and not Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Wong, but Stephanie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bit strange, that's, right? That's interesting. <laughs> I would have never noticed that. Okay, that's interesting. Deb, what and- about you? I, I, and I think it's like back to Steph. I actually still do notice that once in a while when we attend certain um, events, more the authorized dealers events, mm-hmm. uh, I'm allowed to say that, right? Uh, yeah, you are. Well, actually ask her, you know, like, oh, where's Mr. Wong, you know? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, but Steph is here. <laughs> you know, she's the proper characters too, you know? Mm-hmm. Why is it always ask like, you know, oh, Mr. Wong is not here. Where's Mr. Wong, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they just like right, Steph. But um, I think over at my side, I wouldn't say that I have any bad experience throughout except for one there is a little bit more distinct and it's not just it's not to myself but it was last december exactly um almost a year ago we have our very first tiktok bells get together mm-hmm. and it was um at the uh, it was hosted at one of our very good um good friends who owns a very reputable a vintage watch gallery um so mm-hmm. he's kindly loaned us his his venue mm-hmm. and um and obviously when we started doing um our reach out it was very female centric and we managed to have about like five or six completely new female watch enthusiasts that just sign up and come on their own to join the event mm-hmm. so we we're pretty happy about that um but during the time there was also some gentlemen that reach out to the gallery owner and say hey can we please come um, to this event as well and and uh, of course the owner was very respectful he he he, he got our permission or, or asked for our approval we say yeah of course you know like all genders are welcome so a few of them came and I would have loved that if they have respected that this is a female-centric event and then you, you've asked to join the event and there are new female watch enthusiasts there, it would have been nice that as a veteran collectors, you could spend some time with um, the ladies, you know, like mm-hmm. and interact with them. Um, but instead, there were two or three of them. They just started gathered at the corner and just started comparing their watches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that, you know, hey, it, it would have been nice to to actually mingle um, mm-hmm. and, and, and our event and also to help us, you know, to to mm-hmm. to talk to the ladies, right? Because we, we actually respect them as prominent watch collectors mm-hmm. and we would have loved to learn from them. And they did sort of like contribute during the sharing sessions, but then thereafter, they just sort of like gathered at their own corner. Um, except for two gentlemen, um, they were really, really nice. And the whole time they were just looking after the ladies, answering mm-hmm. all the questions. And, and we were really, really appreciate um, that mm-hmm. support. So that's probably that one incident that I, I, I always remember and that's mm. also the whole point of why we wanted to build mm. up um, TikTok Bells is to really provide 
that mm -hmm. safe community environment for our ladies to come in and they will be looked after and we will always have people that will talk to them about watches, answer their questions and discuss anything that they will want without mm -hmm. being um, being felt like they're being belittled, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's okay. probably one I'll just remember. Um, well, I'm going to go off topic for a second. But, um, Steph, do you mind sharing the story of how you met your husband? Because I read the story recently and this is like literally my dream. Like I would want my love life to look like this and my proposal to also be like this. So, yeah. Yeah. So it happened um, at the period where I was crazy about IWC watches was the pilot watches. So I collected like maybe four of them. So they are just all pilot watches with the UTC um, Spitfire dial and all that, but they're basically um, pilot chrono. And one of my um, cousin, who is also an avid watch collector, he looked at my collection and then he said, I think you need to relook your collection, you know, and uh, upgrade yourself. Because for me at that time, when I just started collecting watches, it never occurred to me that I should go into the five-digit region to get a watch. So mm -hmm. to me, I think I can only afford something like, you know, below uh, 10K. So mm -hmm. I always buy watches that are around there. And then he said, look, if you just, um, you know, trade off some of your watches, you can buy yourself a Patek Philippe. Why, mm -hmm. why don't you do that instead of having like four IWC watches? So I said, mm -hmm. okay, sounds reasonable. And then he recommended me this um, watch retailer shop. And he said, oh, he's good friends with them. And, you know, they probably will give me a good price or something. So I said, okay. I went to the shop one, one of the afternoons. And then I brought my IWC um, Pilot Chrono, which I have not worn it before. So I went there and said, um, I, I would like to sell this. And they asked me for the price that I want. And so I told them. And then... My husband was also at the shop and um, he knows the, the shop owners very well because he's almost there every other day. <laughs> so they turned around and, and told him, hey, you were looking for this, this particular watch, right? Why don't you just buy it off from her? So then he took the watch and he inspected it and all that. So he said, mm, okay, I will pay um, X dollars for this. And I say, no, this is... Uh, brand new, you know, you, you should not be lowballing me like that, right? And he was rather rude. He said, if you want to make money, go and buy gold. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this obnoxious man. <laughs> buy gold. <laughs> but at that time, you know, I wanted I wanted to buy my Patek Philippe, my first Patek Philippe, right? So I said, like, okay, I'll just sell it to you at this lowball. <laughs> so he bought it. And then um, I just, I mean, I, I, I bought my Patek Philippe. So we met each other like a few times after at the same um, watch shop, but I refused to talk to him because I, <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with this low baller, right? <laughs> and, um, one day when I was there, just about to leave, and he, he just entered. So when he entered, I said, oh, I want to go, I want to go off already. So I said, okay, I'm I'm going off, but I'll see you next time, you know. And I told uh and the shop owner said, Oh, uh, okay, Steph, I'll look out for you, you know, uh the C dollar or the PAM Zero, because I went in looking for that. He said, if I get um if I get any of this, I will give you a call. So then I said, Okay, then I said bye and left. And then he came out running after me and he said, Hey, I have these two watches. Are you interested? It's <laughs> like, so cute. Oh my god. Then I said, um, uh, I, I was a bit hesitant, right? And he said, Don't worry, I'll give you friendship price. I'm like, okay, I'm not even friends with you. <laughs> you want to give me friendship prize? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so he said, why don't we just exchange number and then I'll meet you another time and pass you uh, <laughs> let you let you watch, let you take a look at the watches and all. So I said, okay. Then I, I just gave him my number and then he contacted me and um, we arranged to meet up to see those two watches. And then he said, um, why don't you just take the watches home for a week and then you decide. 
which one you want to buy because I don't want you to have buyer's remorse. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this guy hardly know. And then he trusts me to take both of his watches back, a Rolex mm-hmm. and a Panerai, right? Then um, he, I say, you're not afraid I run away with your watches. He say, no, la, I know, I know um, you won't. And besides, the, you know, we have common friends. So he said, I know you won't run away with the watch. Yeah. And then um, later, I bought both of the watches. And, uh, you know, when I, when I told my guy friends who are watch collectors, they asked me, who is this person? I also want to buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he also proposed to you uh, using a watch, which I thought, like, oh, just so perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he said that. You know, um, I'm not going to buy you um, those the, mm, the different mm. types of uh, gold, you know, four types of gold. Instead, I will, I will just get you a watch. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should listen to this and follow. <laughs> like, I got a question. I got a question. Like, obviously, now, now you're married to the guy. Mm. Did you ever ask him, like, at which point he was interested in you? Was it before or after he offered the watches, you know? Like the friendship price. Was it like a friendship stroke motive motive behind it? Did you ever ask him? Yeah, actually he said that he he was already intrigued when he first heard my voice at the the watch uh, shop. Yeah. But I don't know why he wanted to low So he lowballed you he lowballed you on purpose to leave an impression. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> a guy. But- well, I, I gotta say, right? Like when I met my wife, yeah, it was like that. Like it was a shit impression. Like if you if if you leave a shit impression, at least you left an impression, right? I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose to leave a shit impression. I was like really drunk, but I left a really bad impression to the to the point where the next day she sought me out to have words. <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, guys, don't do that. <laughs> okay, final question before we go to reverse around. I want to know what's your collecting philosophy now? How do you decide what comes in? Or let's say for stuff, I know you put aside um, budget to be like, okay, I need a paddock every year. Uh, Deb, like, how do you collect? Um, I collect... I think based on first thing first is like life lifestyle. Mm. Um, will I actually wear the watch frequent enough? Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, then it's not firstly best use of my asset and my funds, and also secondly, it's it's um, it won't do justice to the particular watch, right? And if I have to think hard on, oh, how when am I going to wear this watch? Um, and also, how, is it going to fit into my lifestyle? Then the answer is probably no. So I'm I'm pretty big on you know like the applicability and the wearability of the particular pieces. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing as well is that I think recently I've taken a very keen interest in vintage again and also a more um special dolls and um so most recently i'm actually looking at the quorum the peacock feather doll i thought that is really really different really interesting and it's, it's also coming from an era where i was born into uh so <laughs> so i thought like it's quite jazzy right and and it's it's very very different and haven't really seen another watchmaker that is doing something creative as that. Um, so I thought it was a nice touch. Um, okay. Steph, what about you? Um, for myself, mm-hmm. I because I have quite a lot of watches mm-hmm. and and also my husband is a big watch collector. Mm-hmm. So now before I buy anything, because previously we, we don't share watches. Yeah. <laughs> My watch is my watch, and his watch yeah, is yeah, but his watch is also your watch. Yeah. So then like, now yeah. I'm trying to blur the lines and make his watch <laughs> my watch. <laughs> and so, so he's 
he's getting a little annoyed with that. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I like to try on something like what you know he suggested last time, not to have a bias remorse. So I will request to like you know, put on his watch for a while and then mm-hmm. decide whether it's it for me or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it is, then I will go and seek for one myself, go and look for for you know a, a similar piece or something that I really want from that brand. Yeah, rather mm-hmm. than um, you know, in the past it was, oh, I see this, I like, and then I'll just buy it. But mm-hmm. after a while, you know, I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. And these days I start to think like if I keep thinking about that particular watch then that's something that I really want to add but if just after you know a few weeks I'm no longer thinking about it and then that's it okay no more yeah agree yeah okay good answers let's uh move to the reversal round so do you have questions uh Deb has one (laughs) okay yeah there's, there's one question that I actually also ask our community friends to Mm -hmm. seek out is um, Mm -hmm. when you see watch collectors, um, ask them, what is your one regret buy? And if you're given the opportunity again, that you will not buy that particular watch or you will not add that into your collection. Because I I find that that's a good learning um, for our community friends on the Mm -hmm. reason why. Yeah, I know. I got mine straight <laughs> up. Then, then go. Yeah. You go first. Yeah. So, uh, I got an Omega Speedmaster Tesselite dial moonwatch, and um, it's one of those watches because it's got such a strong history. It's an iconic watch, and so I was taken in by that, and it was always like I want to love this piece. You know, so I was always finding reasons to like it, like, oh, it's a it's a great on straps and you know, it's got a great history. You know, it's a real collector's piece. But I can never like it. Mm. I, I just can't like it. And uh part of it is because when I see it on my wrist, I think it it, it it's too big for me, to be honest. And then I think uh yeah, like the brand itself, it doesn't make me feel that special. You know, that that piece is just not, I don't feel, yeah, it just doesn't feel like the top. I want the best and I don't feel it is the best, like for whatever reason. And uh, so I bought that, but then, yeah, I bought that and I've never, ever liked it. And uh, I'm getting rid of it and I never wear it. It's hardly, it's hard, it hardly got anywhere at all. And uh so Danny, part of that, yeah, part of that, Deb, just let me finish on this point, is, see, I was uh, subject to a burglary, so I had insurance money, and so I had to pick a watch. Now, given the situation, it was Breitling, Omega, and then a bunch of, like, uh, watches like Rado, U-Boat, Sin, these kind of watches, right? So I was like really limited in choice. So what would you have picked? You know what I mean? Like it was really tough, but I regret that. I just regret that. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think I should have got that piece. I should have got something else, but I don't know what I would have got. You know, I, I didn't take enough time to look. And people listening to that, they'll be like, you, you're given an opportunity to have a free watch. Why are well, you? It's not con- a free watch because I lost my watch, didn't I? Oh yeah, but you got the insurance money to so, pick it yeah, up. But I never got it wasn't a free watch then, was it? Because that if if you really think about it, it I don't know if you've ever claimed insurance, right? But you never win on top. But right? okay, what how much is the insurance money? So I just kind of know. I can't remember, but it was yeah. like insurance works in a well, this is how mine worked. I think you had to pay up front a hmm. fee to get like X amount. And oh. then I was giving vouchers to replace uh like my watches but my watches were like rolex so mm-hmm. i didn't get my rolex back mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right 
Um, I know my answer. I mean, in the top of my head, I was like, oh, I'm just going to say hublot. Um, but then actually, I don't regret at all that I had a hublot because I actually thought I was like the coolest person when I had one. <laughs> no, it was cool, by the way. It was actually cool at one point. Um, <laughs> all the basketball players wore it. It was like, I mean, it was obviously way too big for me now that I look back. Um, but it was like well made. It like never failed. It was nicely polished. I actually have nothing bad to say. I mean, obviously now it's dated and whatever everyone thinks, right? But okay, the one that I never spoke about was when I was going through my phase of like getting Birkins, I bundled and I got a Hermes watch. And it was just, a, I don't even know the name of the watch, but it's just a standard, like it's like an H. Like the lugs uh -huh. are like an H. And I still remember it's on the pink Croc strap and it has diamonds. And I was like, can I get the bag if I get this? Yes. And then I've never worn it ever. And I mean, now if with that amount of money, I can definitely buy like two solid good Rolexes. So it's like, okay, but no regrets, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You still have the Birkin back, right? <laughs> yes, the Birkin I do, but the I still have the watch. That's the thing. Because I was unfamiliar with how easy it was to i mean back then there's a place in singapore fires plaza back then there was a lot like every floor had the resellers and now there's less right but i used to walk by and be like oh, why are there watches here i didn't even know what those shops were for but i mean now i understand i wish i could go back and be like super savvy with like trading in and so on yeah mm. yep jack um i was thinking i don't I, I wouldn't say i have a regret in the purchases i've made um, but I more so have regret in like selling pieces that I uh, ultimately let go of or pieces that I saw and didn't decide to buy. Um, but in terms of what I have or what I have bought, I don't, I don't really, what's like, I won't say that I made a mistake um, because they're so like subjective and most mm -hmm. of mine are vintage and you only get like once in a lifetime opportunity with that one piece because everything's kind of different. So, yeah. That's All cool. right. Okay. Well, now we move on to the final round. So short answers for these super short questions. Okay. First question, best food in Singapore. Laksa. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken rice. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, no, no. Okay, just ignore it. It has to be uh, like I'm fasting. No. This is my second day. And I just felt like I felt like I, I, I can't go on with my life. Can I just explain why chicken rice is not? Because you can get the same kind of flavor in Thailand and other countries. Chicken Wait, rice. Wait, but you guys have a very famous food stall at Old Airport Road with that chicken yeah. rice. That's really good. Oh, By the way, because I recently moved to New York, I was previously in Boston. Um, and like, I'm still, you know, getting used to New York, but I do like one thing in new york which is that you have food from every culture here because when i was in boston i was struggling to find like a malaysian joint but then ever since i got here like i've been having really good nasi lemak and uh, <laughs> curry puffs which is bringing me back to singapore time so i'm enjoying it okay second question favorite watch <laughs> that you either own or a wish to own my favorite would be the Cartier Crash. Mm. I think that is an iconic watch and um, never feels to get a lot of attention when you're wearing it. Yeah. yeah. All right. That will be the most iconic watch I have. Okay. Deb? Um, my Cartier special order um, tonneau mm. uh, because... I get to have an experience of a that creative process um, with the um, the maison. So I thought that there was a there was a, a sort of like great opportunity, um, and and also to get to know the brand um, a lot more as well. Yeah. Mm, cool. Okay. Third question: Country you have yet to visit and want to visit. 
for me would be uh South Africa. Mm. I someday I'll like to go for the safari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and sleep where the lions roar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deb. Uh for me is uh Egypt. I've mm. always wanted to go to Egypt since I was little. In fact, when I was little, I dreamed to be an archaeologist, uh, but my mom said no. And um, and and I, so far, I haven't haven't been able to get to Egypt because nobody seems to be interested to want to go with me. And I wonder I, why. <laughs> yeah, and, and I really want to go go and see the Sphinx before they completely lost their faces, right? So, yeah. Yeah, Egypt. Okay. Oh, I feel bad asking this one, but um, most annoying behavior you cannot tolerate amongst watch collectors. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, you want me to oh, go first? I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, this one is <clears throat> this one is actually standing up for the male watch collectors. Sometimes you read from the comments, um, uh, the guys get teased for wearing a a girl's watch. Mm. If there is anything sort of like less than thirty six millimeter and below, mm. I actually feel I feel really upset on behalf <laughs> of, of the male of the male yeah. watch enthusiast, right? Because yeah. it's like hey, we all have the rights to wear whatever watch size that we want that mm -hmm. suit our wrists because everybody has different wrist sizes. Mm -hmm. So you should not be, be judged just because you prefer a slightly smaller um, case sizing, which may actually look better on your yeah. wrist. Um, yeah. So yes, that's one behavior that I, I, I actually feel very upset when I read the comment. <laughs> okay. For me, my pet peeve would be um people asking me whether can they buy this watch is this watch <laughs> so then I ask them what is your definition of good are you asking me because um whether you're asking about the value that it's going to retain mm -hmm. is it a good does it has good um support system mm -hmm. or are you talking about the craftsmanship what are you referring to but it turns out that 90% of the time is asking whether they can make money out of yeah. the watch. Yeah, so yeah. that is really um a, a peeve of mine okay. whenever they ask me this question. Yeah. Okay. One piece of advice for a woman getting into watches. Um, I would ask them to join TikTok Bells, get to know <laughs> more female watch yeah. collectors. Um mm -hmm. Join a community of um, people who are encouraging. And, you know, the, the, the good thing about TikTok Bells is that we have um, female collectors of all different levels, some at entry level, some are very prolific collectors. Mm. But the environment that Deb and I have um, cultivated is one that's non-threatening. So yeah. find a, a community in wherever you live that has got similar vibes and you know um let it not be one that's very competitive or uh, or one that you feel very uncomfortable being in because we do have a lot of um female collectors who attended our first um gtg and they a lot of them actually came up to us and say that thanks for giving us this um safe environment to mm. view watches and talk about watches because for some of them, they are just at the beginning of the journey. And mm. to them, uh, for many of them, watches hold a more sentimental value rather than a very technical um, aspect, you know, of like the craftsmanship or what is the movement and things like that. It's always the story that is behind the watch that they have and that prompts them to continue this journey of watch collecting. But mm. um, if the environment is not safe, then they will be seen as somebody who is like a nobody in the watch community. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is the thing that um, holds a lot of female 
back from collect um uh, from attending events as such. Yeah, agree. Okay, last one. Something you would tell your fourteen-year-old self? Actually, um, <laughs> maybe I'll modify it to um what I would tell my fourteen-year-old son because I yeah, actually have a son who is fourteen yeah. years old and who is not interested in mommy's uh, watch collection at all. <laughs> I would love to tell him that please do check out what a cool collection your mommy has. <laughs> and one day they will all be yours. <laughs> I wish I had a mom. I, I wish I had a mom that cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, Steph. Um, for me, I would, tell my 14-year-old self not to throw away that quartz watch that I received mm-hmm. as um as a an incentive um, gift for doing well in my studies. But because it was quartz and it was uh, a Charles Jordan watch, mm-hmm. um, I threw it away when it mm-hmm. when it stopped working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if I were to go back to my 14-year-old self, I'll tell myself to keep that watch and look mm. for somebody who can repair it someday mm. instead of destroying it away. Yeah. All right. Well, that ends the interview. Thank you guys. I hope you guys had fun. Thank you. Okay. Well, you guys can find both Steph and Deb on TikTok Bells on the Instagram page, or you can message them separately. Um, and then as usual, you can find Dan, me, and Jacqueline on the Waiting List podcast page. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. As always, thank you for listening to the Waiting List podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at the Waiting List podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.